chocolate. Welcome to the Whovian Review. I am Michael. I'm Shelby. I am Colin. Jesus. Um, oh, you're Jesus. Okay. I'm and, Jesus. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about the Vanquishers. Now, before we get started, I have to say here, when you create the finale for a season, typically you want to wrap up with some answers to your questions. But I feel like in this particular story, we ended up having more questions left unanswered and leaving things so open and not having a very good, well-rounded resolve for right. life. Continuous like, theme of this of this series, of Flux. Actually, I think it's we a were... continuous uh, um, concept that Chris Chibnall seems to understand very well. Yes. I'm very frustrated with the Carvedista story. We've got this character that they have been like teasing and building up on for like all season and they reveal oh he was a companion doctor and I thought alright now we're getting down to some business we're going to find out who this guy is and then they were like nope that was the big reveal. If I tell you I die. <laughs> Only, yeah, only, only, out. only way I'd be okay with this is if, like, it's actually a setup for a continuation on this story. And, um, you know, and one thing I do want to bring up on that front is, uh, do we think that Division put that thing in his head or do we think the doctor did? Division. I don't Division. think the doctor could do something like that. Like, let me kill you if you talk, tell me about who I was. Yeah, well, you know, I didn't think the doctor could heartlessly kill a bunch of, Do- like, all of the Daleks and Cybermen and Centaurans and not even mention anything about it. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. That was kind of a heartless thing and very un Like, I had a better plan. Let's okay. just kill all of them. Well, no, no. Okay, here is the better plan. Here's the part that just, like... Is crazy, and honestly, I missed it the first time around, but uh, watching it again, I noticed that, like, they say at some point, you know, Swarm and Azure or whatever, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, yeah, our plan is we're going to, like, roll back the flux, presumably, like, rolling back time, just, like, we're going to rewind things just so we can destroy the universe again and again. And I'm like, so... They've got technology that can just rewind all of this damage, and the doctor didn't even like think to try to activate it before going back to the rest of herself. Well, and that's one of the things that's left wide open at the end of this episode is that we have no idea what is this a universe that's almost so greatly reduced that only the Earth and its solar system exist? A and B, I mean. I know that the doctor is reset, and that there was this whole kind of um, oh metaphor with the doctor being the universe from I think the previous episode, 
Or maybe that was this episode. It was mentioned here, like, quickly, you, the, you are the universe, but I don't know how quickly, you know, so how much it, I, I took that, you know, That literally. sounded more metaphorical. It, it did, or, but, but the thing is, is if the Doctor is reset, does that mean that time has gone ahead and reset the universe? That was left unanswered. We don't to, know. To me, it just felt like that was just, like, the Doctor unifying with all of her other selves. Like, I felt like that was the reset. That was kind of all that there was to I agree with you there. But it just seems kind of pointless for time to to reset the doctor and then just disappear. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that doesn't make sense at all. Everything about that was so disappointing. Time is evil. um, And, you know, the big enemies of the season that we've been coming up to are just destroyed here. You know, just like... By a, by a trivial thing at the last moment. You know yeah. what? I could stand all of that. What I can't stand is the fact that if you're going to put a conversation the Doctor has with, a, you know, an anthropomorphized time, then, like, how can it not be the most epic conversation? Like, it, it, you can't do yeah, that. Yeah, that's if even you're, what if that was. Is it, is like, it even clear? I don't know. I mean, you, you can't do that if, you're not, if it's not amazing. I mean, that was just, like, a regular... You know, conversation and everything just sort of fizzled out. Also, time is an entity, which I'm not <gasps> quite sure where this concept came from or well, cause why. Well, because remember, time was that planet of that swirling. Yeah, stuff but and... we don't. I mean, it still doesn't make sense that now we have an entity that actually has conscious thought that can come down and say, "Okay, yes, Jace." I just. <laughs> Call on me because I raised my hand. I also thought it was really interesting because I didn't feel like I could really get any words then, so I raised my hand. I also thought it was interesting how they kind of referred to their beliefs as to why the universe exists and, like, why it should continue to exist as their different faiths. I thought that was interesting because after they kind of described, like, oh, this is your faith, Doctor. You think everything should go on and live, but this is my faith, blah, blah, blah. And then they start to refer to time as, like, the savior and all this and all that. I thought that was... Crazy, like it was a well, last well, minute spin. You know what I thought was was uh, was well done about that is is in that same conversation when she says, uh, you know, our faith is different, ours is true. Exactly, it, because exactly. it's like because that's what everyone thinks. Exactly, it was weird because it all kind of boiled down to this is what I believe and this is my savior and I'm doing this for time and it was just and she was in her head being like I don't understand how you can how you can think that this is okay because that's wrong and I'm correct. Like, yeah, but still, none of it really makes sense because I'm not saying it time does. and space aren't liked, entities. And, I just liked oh. how that was just there. Oh, no, no, yeah, I, I got what you're saying. I totally, yeah, yeah, like, yeah I totally. Have the doctor and their companions been driving through just throughout this entity this whole time? Like, I also thought it was weird, though, because <laughs> is time like, like, it's time. Basically, I've never seen time as like the bad guy or like the enemy in all of this. Maybe that was the point, though. Maybe the the reason why time didn't do anything was because it is not an en- an enemy, quite per se. It just it is something that exists. Where they were trying to please time, and then the, then the flux didn't happen, and time was like, "Well, you failed. Die." I okay, mean, even yeah, a lot no, of that was like not connected to me. It didn't it was necessarily well, time. He, he, you know what? And, and that part didn't make sense either with the flux failing because, okay, so. They generated this force of antimatter that, you know, then interacts with matter and they cancel each other out. And if you feed enough matter, it dies out. That part I liked. That part makes sense. That Mm -hmm. works. But then, like, why engineer it to destroy 
almost but not quite everything all the matter in the universe like like what why why leave some left over because it should have been able to take out the daleks and cybermen and centaurs and you know the earth and everything that shouldn't have killed off the rest of the flux didn't really like why was there insufficient flux uh good question no words <laughs> i also thought it was interesting how like the last two well not probably the last two but normally we've always seen like the Daleks as like the main enemy of the Doctor. And then we always see the Cybermen as like the secondary enemy of the Doctor. And now we have like the Centaurans into the mix. And I've never really seen Centaurin as like a really big a enemy threat. of the Doctor, yeah. like a genuine threat because they're just goofy potatoes. But now going forward, it's going to be the Daleks, the Cybermans, and the Centaurans. Yeah, I mean, the Centaurans have always been fierce, but I almost feel like, you know, with, with how they were actually utilized in the end... You may as well not have had them in the season. They didn't affect you know? anything, really. They really, they were just there because, oh, look, Yeah, same Centaurin. thing with the Cybermen and the Daleks. It was just like, you know, just adding fanfare. I think know? that's what a lot of a lot of complaints about this season was, was that if you're going to introduce new villains that are quite substantial, it's okay maybe to show one or two other races that get destroyed, yeah, that makes sense because you're seeing the destruction of the universe. But to have so much concentration on the Daleks and the Cybermen being thwarted by the Centaurans, you'd think that the Cybermen and the Daleks would have at least some level of something up their sleeve to counteract whatever the the Centaurans might come up with. And why didn't the Centaurans invite the Rutans in this situation? I mean, it was weird enough that they invited the Daleks and the Cybermen. They clearly didn't care about putting anyone on guard about the situation. So why wouldn't they try to destroy their biggest enemies? Because they hate the Rutans, so they're not going to try and get them involved at all. They're just... Well, yeah. But then again, the Rutans could survive all this. I mean, granted, that was a funny... like thing, you know, like that whole, you know, oh the Rutans, yeah. the scum and everything. That was hilarious. But like it also was like In hindsight. In hindsight, <laughs> it was like so your plan was to destroy everyone you were inviting to this, you know, peace conference. Why wouldn't you invite your enemies? Your enemies? I also if think you can justify it against Daleks who want everything gone, you know. Yeah. I, I think, like, there's kind of, like, an elephant in the room, and I think it's a character in which had zero impact to, like, this whole situation. The Grand Serpent. The Grand Serpent. Because, like, <laughs> he literally did nothing. His biggest impact was just being that, like, edgy guy that acted all mysterious and, like, we and, were like, expecting Well, he, 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 he killed a bunch that, of people at unit. That yeah. Time. And besides that gold sheen, I mean, what was grand about that serpent? It was puny. It was, it was not. It was we, so we still don't know who he is. Granted, he did dress very well. I mean, I think that he was just at face value. He was just a, you know, tyrannical ruler that Vendor served under and got fed up with and got exiled for. And then then he, like, ran around through through time and, you know, messing with people. And then he got punished. The story would not have changed had you just deleted every scene. You know, there was a ton 
in this season where the story would not have changed if you just ripped this out or the other out of it. Yeah. I think Swarm and Azor should have been the focus of this particular season. Yeah, I mean... And, and maybe... The, I mean, they, they, they were. And, and the, the past they were. I mean, yeah. the, the thing is, though, I mean, it's also a little hard for me to agree with that because they were terrible. They were terrible. But they they were, were awful villains. But you're right. They should have been the focus because they were the main villains. But they were terrible villains. They didn't make any sense at any point during this whole season. I mean, this whole thing had Daleks. It had Cybermen. It had Weeping Angels. It had Centaurans. And it had... Grand Serpent. And, and the destruction had, of the universe and yeah, Division, Tectoon. Yeah, it was just so many big things to try to make it more and more epic, but sometimes less is a lot more. Yeah, I don't want to call like the, the great villains of Doctor Who, um, you know, mud. They all have potential, but the plot of them each, it, it feels very much like the writers were throwing mud against the wall to see what sticks. Yeah. You know, so we'll throw in all these elements of a classic Doctor Who story without much thought, and we'll, you know... We'll hope we'll, something good comes out yeah, of it. We'll Not only it villains, though, the, another major criticism I have is that you reintroduce Kate Stewart in Episode 5, only to have her explain maybe two things in Episode 6, and she has no impact on the rest of the story. Like, why was she there? You could have plucked her out in the, the story. The only reason fine. she's there is for fans to cameo. say, we've got... And for your cameo. the Grand yeah. Serpent a little bit more of a backstory. But you could have erased her, erased the Grand Serpent, and nothing would have changed whatsoever. Exactly. You um, could have taken out the entity of time out of this, and literally the only thing we would have wanted... What we lost is the very clumsy foreshadowing that the master is going to yeah. be in charge of the doctor's death. Is I mean, one storyline that did make it through was Bell and Vinder. They like were that. able yes. to reunite. Vinder and was, was able to take out the great serpent, and and it didn't need to be who are these people because they could. It could just be a love story that's going on throughout this whole flux thing. But a lot of people were kind of like, wait a minute, weren't they supposed to be someone special or someone different? Um, we may not have seen the end of that. Yeah. Maybe, I don't think that's maybe the point. okay, do, do we do we think that it's possible there's gonna be like a spin-off series with Carvinista and Vinder and Bell? That would be cool. I mean no. if if Russell T. Davies I don't is see it happening. It's <laughs> probably gonna be in like a book or something. Yeah. You're probably right. It'd be cool to see Carvinista come back. Be we back woven back into the story later on that seems more plausible to me. Or, yeah. or have Carvinista come back as a companion yeah but that honestly I even thought I thought the reun, uh, reuniting between Vinder and, and Bell was a little lackluster yeah they kind of me, interrupted but, it with the yeah but I, I felt dialogue. like it was very very quick and also like there wasn't as much emotional charge as I would have expected I thought there was a lot of emotional charge. It was just I mean, perhaps you're right. I I I could be off base here, but I just didn't get the you know. It was because you read like the whole thing was Belle and Vinder finding each other the entire like it's a common theme. Whereas Di and Dan kind of just were there, missed the date, and then it was whatever. It wasn't really talked about to see them to get together after like being separated and looking for each other and then just panning over to like Dan and I. Yeah, like, that, that, that was, that it's was kind of a yeah, slap that's, at That's yeah. another thing that I felt like, you know, it, maybe it's interesting contrast versus Vinder and Bell, but, but I, I feel like, is that a necessary part of this story? Like what? to introduce like this potential romance? No, that, 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 never... that potential romance was already introduced. They were going to go on a date, remember? 
Yeah. No, I, I know that, but you I, know, I just, think just in the whole series itself, yeah, you know, it doesn't really go anywhere, and I feel like it wasn't a lot of time been invested in the relationship either between the two. I have a point here to make about Dan and Di is that, yes, it is convenient that Di just suddenly says, oh, no, I'm not interested, so that Dan can go off with the doctor. However, let's be realistic. Diana was kidnapped by alien creatures, forced to be... Uh, placed in this kind of holding cell for, for who knows how long. And so, yeah, she's kind of been through a traumatic time. Is it more realistic for her to be like, dude, anything associated with this time in my life, I just want to kind of I say goodbye like to. I feel like could have been like, pushed to the forefront a little bit more then because I was kind of just like, oh, okay, whatever. But I also think it's important to say that Dai's idea did kind of save like Earth in the rest of the universe. Yeah, the I, I, I wanted her to go off with, with Vinder and teach at that university. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been cool if she actually did go off They probably are going to at least mention NFL. something in future episodes about, oh, this is what she's yeah, doing or, now. You know, I, it might have been interesting for her to be the, you know, surprise companion. <laughs> too. You know, I'd like a little twist or... One thing I think they did do well is give you a little bit of an emotional goodbye to Eustatius Jericho. Oh, uh, um, yeah. I, kn- that was I mean, a lot of people game. have mentioned the fact that why didn't he Jericho. just why didn't he just get off the ship? Why did he have to throw the ring over there in the first place? Which kind of seemed a little bit Did odd. he mean to throw the ring or I did it, it slip off? Accident. I think it was an accident. Could have been an accident. All I know is that it seemed like he threw it on purpose so that he could distract the Centaurans. In, oh. Or or at least like get and their attention, up. and then yeah, it got destroyed. So then he couldn't actually leave. What do you think was gonna happen, bro? <laughs> I, I did like his ending line. What an awfully big adventure! I think it's an allusion to Jim Barry Peter Pan say dying mm-hmm. would be an awfully big adventure. Mm-hmm. I think it's that's funny what it because is. I, I took it as a very different thing, at least in the moment, as I interpreted it emotionally, not knowing you know the wisdom of the quote. Um, but I, I took it as like, wow, these, uh, past few days have been such a big adventure because he says that right before that to the doctor that, you know, in my past, you know, two decades, I didn't live like I did in this past two days with you. Kevin McNally was a fabulous actor for that particular Wonderful. role. Yeah. That, that was delightful. Although I think part of me wishes that he could have been a companion. I kind yeah. of wish that they took. Claire instead of him. And I know that's an unpopular opinion because he's the old guy, screw him. He had lived enough of his life, she hadn't. But at the same time, like, I feel like he deserved so much more. And I didn't really care as much about Claire, unfortunately. I don't know if I'm alone in that. It was like, oh, you're an angel. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I did. Jericho's bad. <laughs> like, bad isn't good. Yeah, Jericho <laughs> was pretty cool. And I, I enjoyed th- him. It just seemed like each character kind of had a lackluster ending to this plot that didn't quite leave me feeling like... Well, Yaz got an apology from the doctor. Yaz and okay, the doctor yes. had great Okay, stuff here's, a, here's a big bonus. Yeah, there's some close emotional connection some that closure. was legitimate. You know? When the doctor stopped and like was like, wait, hang on, everything's going on, but I need to take a moment and hug Yaz. That, yes, was, like, that was so oh. cute. They love each and other. And then Yaz was all like, low-key, no big deal. Like, it's only been a few years. And you could actually see the doctor's face like, oh my god. They love I feel each terrible. Other. Like, like that was that was great. They love each other. She, doctor admits she's scared. Yes. 
Doctor admits that she has hidden things from Yaz that she shouldn't have. And what some of those things are, and then proceeds to hide another Yaz thing from better Yaz. better stay. And make sure that he, she doesn't share more things with Dan. Of course not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a definite uh, kind of romantic kind of feel between the Doctor and Yaz towards the end of this. There is a little bit, and we also... Well, between not- the Doctor and the Doctor. Oh, yeah. That's where I was going with that. That's where I was going. Split between three different points. Oh, Captain Jack would be loving this. That's my comment. And I know Sorry. Shelby's in internal our, our internal fan theory versus uh, via Shelby. I think has been that you know this doctor would maintain interest in women. The doctor's always been interested in women. At least we learn the doctor. You know, I mean, like the well, I know about. To the I don't know. I don't know if it's an attraction, like sexually attracted. I think. Oh, there I, were those tones. Michael. There were yeah, the tones. Say but I just, I think, I don't know. Lay, lay it on us, James. Go ahead. So. I'm just going to speak. The doctor, Time Lord, completely ignores the rules of, like, gender and sexuality. But, for example, for, like, transgender people, kind of like how you have Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn, she's always been attracted to females. So when she was, like, a man, she was attracted to females. And then she, when she transitioned to female, she was still attracted to females. So even though her gender changed, her sexuality did not. Yeah. Kind of like the doctor. The doctor has always kind of mm-hmm. shown that she had been attracted to more of her female companions. And even when, like, Yaz's mom in, like, a previous episode prior was like, are you two together? And the doctor was like, I don't know, are we? <laughs> like, she wasn't opposed to it or anything. Right. And, and I, it stuck out in my mind because years ago when Michael and Shelby were presenting at Awesome Con, a little doing girl... Doing the women of Doctor Who. Yeah, doing the women of Doctor Who presentation. A little girl came up to Shelby, you know, as, it, as we were learning that the next oh. doctor was going to be a woman and said... Do you think the doctor will be into women? Or and I pretty much men? said exactly what you just said. The doctor's except, always liked women. Yeah, yeah. and so so I said so. I, I think you know sh- the doctor should continue. She go. She just pumps her arms and goes. Yes. I'm just kind of mad because I know we're never going to oh. see River again. But I would have liked at least like a nod to her or like a little thing that reminds her of River, yeah, so she just has really like a moment nice. to remember. Yeah, like we like we like we had the picture that you know that Capaldi had on his desk. Right. Yeah. Like you could do something like that because I mean regeneration but like the river was a huge part of her life for a long long time and also I, I think the romance we want doctor who well here's the thing though listen. is that if you go back in time with most of the companions to the doctor it doesn't become a true romantic in love relationship there is that overtone to it but it's more just they love each other they're they are but it is a bit romantic remember uh, yeah, when clara yeah, was like doctor to. you're my boyfriend and the doctor's like oh okay yeah yeah but we don't want it to like fall into like rose martha territory oh no 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 no, no well, it's not i and that's what i'm saying is that i think rose and martha kind of were the took, took it too far took and it a little like, like as long as they like you know i mean i love the relationship with Yaz and um, the doctor, the doctor. But I also liked the relationship between Capaldi and Bill. Like it was like she was clearly a lesbian, but they worked out so so well together. And that's just another example in which you can just have immense chemistry and love for the companion without there being anything romantic. But you know, romance can be there sometimes, right? 
And that's okay. Yeah. And we I like mean, that little tease. And I mean, I think the doctor usually does a good way of, of always putting that as primary, too. Of course. Even though, for some reason, the wide majority of the companions that he brings to the TARDIS tend to be highly attractive. <laughs> for some uh, reason. You uh, know, uh, physical attraction. All right. I, I got to talk about the doctor for a moment here. First of all, loved the doctor rescued herself. I thought that that, was, that whole thing was very well done and, then, and enjoyable. Like, the gears. That was yeah. very enjoyable, but also a little tropey and a little time breaky rules just for the sake of fun. Like that, that annoys me a little bit, but yeah. I would have my cake and eat it too. So you know, like, he skirt those lines. Um, yeah, I was actually going to say that I'm really irritated that the doctor, first of all. Didn't get her memories back the moment that the watch was opened. Well, yeah, and, that doesn't make sense. And yeah, yeah, that's how it's always worked. And then, like, I would love a um, painting of that. And then, scene. like, also, why did she not want to open up the watch at the end? Like, okay, I get it. Repressed like memories is worried about what she'll discover. But okay, but the doctor always is on the side of getting more information. Like. But this is, like, something that's been building and building and building. Like, maybe she's scared of herself and knowing who she was. Like, maybe she doesn't think she can handle that in her current regeneration. Yeah, but the doctor always has to know, and that's really But it's also it's also the timeless child whole uh, story arc has been very controversial. It kind of allows the doctor's mystery to remain intact, and pretty much keeps the first doctor as the first doctor. We know that there's other potential doctors out there or potential incarnations of the current doctor, but we just don't, it's better not to necessarily know everything ourselves as a, yeah, as an audience. But here's the, here's the problem. Okay. Well, first of all, there's no reason that the doctor couldn't get all of her memories and then not reveal what she remembers to the rest of us. And mm. second of all, like, why have the concept at all? Why throw something so disruptive into Doctor Who where you introduce this whole timeless child, this potential of her being from another universe, this fact that there were who knows how many regenerations so beforehand? So a lot of problems like, with like, the canon. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just like wreaking havoc with everything. And, you know, the only reason why that could even come close to being worth it is if you had a really great, you know, ending, a really good explanation planned... And they're not even going to attempt one. What if it's because the author of the series was time and wanted to unleash a flux upon the series, upon the fandom of Doctor Who <laughs> to eat away at it and then presented this metaphor to its fans on its very exit of the show? That could be where Chris Chimnall's going with all these things. I would like this these last seasons so much more if they were all a plot of a Doctor Who villain. <laughs> well, we do Is have... Is Chimnall the greatest villain of them all? <laughs> we do have time saying that the forces will be going against the Doctor, and, of course, the Master seems to be the at the forefront of it all. Yeah, which makes sense. Do you, do you think we're getting back the same Master that we had in the... In the Earlier I don't in this know. Era. Yeah, what master? What master it are you depend, talking about? It depends on if the grand, the the great serpent ends up being the master, which very well could oh, be. Oh golly goodness! Still, I don't think uh, the grand serpent's the master. He was just too like incognito, whereas the master is kind of more just like the a little more bold. But the original master was very uh, suave. Okay, yeah, but, yeah, but, 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 but the master timeline. 
of but the, the master. And the Grand Serpent interacted with the Doctor. I mean, come on. The Master doesn't have an interaction with the Doctor without being like, it is I, the Master. Exactly, like a dorky <laughs> magician. Like, yeah. like, I mean, like, he does this, he does this subtle until, like, the, you know, Doctor shows up in, like, the great moment. Like, there's no way the Master can walk that. And let's talk for a moment about the grand, Vendor throwing the Grand Serpent and, like, Kate out there. I mean, they were all like, oh, yeah, I know how what it feels like to be exiled. Let me put you on this meteorite that granted seems to have some sort of air shell in the middle of outer space and leave you out there like you didn't exile him you murdered him in a very horrific way like that that guy's not getting rescued like what the the hell this is why i think there's more to the grand serpent though because i hope not better be something at least anything like you can't just leave this character like this you've been building them up this entire but he's such a bad character also where did he get his suits (laughs) well he's been on earth for a while so probably they're really nice or has That's a good question. Not to take a complete opposite turn, but I'm, I'm going there. Did we mention about, you know, how Carbonista was the Doctor's companion? Yes. Yeah, we did. Yep. Okay, yeah, we episode. got in there. Yeah. yeah. And how they, but, and how he couldn't, could never tell the details because of yeah. whatever the Division did inside of his brain. They were really Do you guys poisoned. think that was like a cheap cop-out of just explaining that situation? It, it was. Yes. I think it's cheaper for the Doctor to have the, to the ability to know and just say, oh, TARDIS, Maybe sometime when I really ask you, but don't hide it away from me, but let me in at some point. <laughs> but however, do not let me see it, but I would like access to it at some point in time. So, yeah, especially yeah. after she knows that and Carbonistas, that like all of his people, have been killed, which is something also, that she is that like necessary? in a very unique yeah. situation to but like did they change that? help I him get they were, through like, that. Back in time to. No. Okay, never mind. Well, here's the thing is that that's one of the things that that was left completely unexplained. Are we now is the doctor and Dan and and Yaz going around in a universe that really isn't that big? I think so. And that, I mean, could and they, they go in the past and it was larger? I mean, I, I don't know. That That's the other problem that we have with this is that does the flux eat up time as well as space? Well, it. I mean, it did screw with that, uh, with Williamson's tunnels. And they were spatial tunnels. That was an interesting part of this episode, was that Williamson finally gets his tunnels explained. And, of course, we talked about him having actual tunnels in real life no, that, that were think, unexplained. I think Dan describes it as a temporal thing rather than a spatial thing. Even though we all know time and space are one continuum. Right. Sorry, I, I misspoke. The, the tunnels, you know, were time space, but, like, it was like the flux shifted them through time, so... Yeah, and space, feasibly. Again, why in the world time and space is at war with each other? I'll never know. It doesn't make any sense. It is each other. You know, just, just like a... Just like, uh, you know, you need to use a grand metaphor, like the left brain and the right brain are at war with each other to make the best outcome. Well, technically, they're supposed to be two totally different dimensions. Or really the same thing. They're the same thing. It's a time-space continuum. All right. Anytime you go back in time, you also need to move in space. I'm about to write a book about this situation. I'm going to write a book about this little series. Well, talking about writing a book, I guess it's time to rate... That has nothing to do with writing a book. It, really, it has really to do with reading a book if Ex- this series was a book. Which it's not. Which is really not. But nice try. Which it's not. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, time to rate Doctor Who. 
You want to start us off? I, 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 I kind of realized I did set myself for that impression. Okay, I guess I'll start. I'm a little scared, though. I'm starting the review for a six-part story, something we haven't seen since the classic oh, oh, era. Oh, right, and remember, we're rating this episode and then the whole season. Mm-hmm. Thanks for making it better. <laughs> Do you want me to go? I mean, it's Colin, me you're go. always the great one That was one really to go mean. First. I don't know why you would talk to me like that. Thank you, James. <laughs> I'll go first. Okay. So, y'all saw what happened. <laughs> I'm sorry, Shelby. I didn't mean it. I was bad. Yeah, no, you're fine. <laughs> I don't want my Shelby sad. Um, y'all saw what happened. I think we all had a lot to say. I think we hit a lot of really important points. Probably my biggest issue is that, well, Let's start it this way. With Classic Who, it was a lot of stories that were kind of drawn out and that could have easily been condensed. With this, it was just an, a, an insane amount of things going on that didn't need to go on. You could have easily... <laughs> right? Sorry, that's so... Yeah, that's a gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> you could have easily like picked up a person, threw them out, picked up another person, threw them out, picked out in a whole entire situation, threw them out, and the story would have been the exact same. So much less complex. It kind of just seems like... What's a PG way to say this? Whoa. A chili bowl of a bunch of stuff. Sometimes <laughs> unnecessary, but necessary. You know? I hear what you're saying. Uh, that, that was yeah. very, very good uh, euphemism. Thank you. I have plenty of other ones I can mention later. But that's kind of what this was. It was a bunch of stuff that we didn't need and a lot of things that we could have easily taken out... And a lot of focus on situations that didn't really need to be focused on, but were only really focused on because of the cool factor. The Santarans easily being one of them. Like, they were really not too necessary. Yeah, they didn't need to be there. Yeah, it's kind of, it's just confusing. I rated this very, very high at the beginning, probably because I had so many high expectations for how this was going to play out. But if I had to rewatch this entire season i would probably rate everything like a lot no lower excuse me knowing the outcome now but um yes i thought it was really cool how they turned this and turned this into like a battle of the fates who's right who's wrong whose beliefs took power blah 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 um diane saved the universe i don't know there's a lot going on we said a lot i think i'm gonna have to rate this episode probably Ooh, it's not going to be nice. I'll probably get it a 5.5. And as far as this whole series goes, and it sucks because it was so good and had so much promise up until the last episode. This episode brings all the epicness and all the anticipation I've seen thus far down, which sucks. I'm going to probably have to give everything... Even that seems too high. I uh, can I give it like a six point eight? You can give it whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. It's not impressive. Okay, I'll give it a six point eight. Accept it. Okay. All right, signed, sealed, delivered. I'll keep rolling it on. Um, but yeah, Jace is right. We had touched on a lot of great points already. As you can see, the tone generally was negative. I think throughout this episode and throughout this Whovian review. Um, podcast session. 
Um, I think that's fairly warranted. You know, there, there were some nice things. I, I liked um, a, a powerful ending for Eustatius. Um, I did enjoy a grand scale and, you know, a lot of different elements. But, you know, frankly, they were not put together very well. Um, there were so many pieces missing. There were so many questions just left unanswered. What was supposed to be a finale episode did not feel or function as a finale episode. And what's really disappointing, this wasn't a two-parter. This wasn't a four-parter. This was a six-part series that was set up to be a continuous plot, and it was not delivered. It was a failure. There was a lot of grand potential, just like Jace was talking about here. And I never rated it, you know, quite the quite that high, you know, but I was always kept excited. And I always, you know, was hoping that they would, this would be wrapped up. I, I would think that this would go down in fandoms, you know, this series in a similar way that the ending series to Game of Thrones and, you know, Lost did um, around the block. A lot of intrigue, a lot of great things, a lot of potential, a lot of building up, um, but without any real genuine plan to follow through on, you know, an ending that makes sense and is satisfying. Um for that reason, this particular episode for me is going to end up getting, even though it had entertaining value and interest, it's getting a 3 out of 10. More so what had, you know, 8 potential along the series, and which I think was my last rating for the 8, which might have been generous. It's It, it was extremely generous in hindsight. I, I, I can't justify more than a 6 for this series as a whole, and even then I might be rating a bit too high. Um, that's the story for me, folks. All right, I'll go next. I'll start with a positive note, a quote that I loved from this episode that I haven't brought up yet. Um, I approach everything with caution or abandon, one of the two. That was a great one. That and Jericho's line I thought were excellent. Yeah, um, just to reiterate a lot of what's been said before, I felt like so much of this had no effect on the overall plot. And I feel like, you know, Claire really could have been totally, like, and everything related to her could have been taken out of this whole season and it wouldn't have affected the overall plot much. Let's just scrap out Claire, the Centaurans, the Angels, the Daleks, the Cybermen. And, wow, we could have had a reasonably length story that was only kind of bad. And, uh, I felt... Like, I feel very uh, disappointed. It feels a little bit like, uh, you know, Jody and Chris Chibnall's first season in that I started out with so much hope. And I feel like it was crushed, hit by a wave of antimatter, if you will. <laughs> um, I, fluxed out. Yeah, fluxed out. I, I think that, you know, this... Season as a whole had some good points, and I think that the strongest thing to be said about this or any other episode this season is that Yaz and the Doctor's relationship and Yaz as a character were excellent all the way through. But so much of this was just heartbreakingly disappointing. And I'm going to... Uh, yeah, I'm. I think I'm. I'm also gonna give this episode a three, um, and I'm gonna give the season overall a five. No, a four. 
Because, I mean, wow. I know that there were some episodes that I really, really liked. But, man, you can't you can't have such a terrible ending if it's all one story. Okay. I mean, like, the ending just, I mean, it takes out, it just takes down the whole story. <laughs> That's hard for me because I remember how I felt watching all the first few episodes. Yeah, but every time I watch this season again, if I ever watch it again, I'm going to... Oh, if I ever like, watch it again, it's going to, like, plummet my rating. Well, that's but. the thing, is I'm going to be cringing the whole season because the ending's so bad, and that's why I feel like the ending, it, like, it's warranted for the ending to drag down my rating for the season so far, because I feel like it's... The ending kind of ruined most of the good stuff that happened before it. Because it, because that stuff was largely only good because we thought it was going somewhere interesting, and then it didn't. Fortune. Huh. Well, that leaves me, and I actually have to disagree with all three of you on some of your points. What's wow. Lay it on us. Well, for one thing, I would like to applaud the idea that not every character needs to be related to Doctor Who canon. The Grand Serpent, Claire, Jericho, any of these Carbonista, I mean, some of them did. I mean, obviously, Carbonista was a companion. But it's fine to have some characters that are brought in that are new characters that have absolutely nothing to do with anything that was Doctor Who before. Bell and Bender don't need to be the Doctor's parents, which I've seen people online saying this is what they should be. I've seen people say the Grand Serpent should be the Master. Why? His story was told because of what he did when he was in the past. He just happens to be in the present, which kind of is odd. Um, I think there were some things that were wrapped up in in this particular episode. Um, maybe not satisfactory, not, it wasn't very satisfactory, Definitely. but it was wrapped up. I mean, we got rid of Azure and Swarm. We did have Belle and Vinder come back together. Um, we did have, um, the doctor get herself back together again. We did wrap up the whole storyline with the Centaurans because they got destroyed. Jericho helped make sure that happened. Um... So it's not that there wasn't any ending. I think the problem is that it it leaves a very disappointed taste in one's mouth because it keeps a lot of the questions that were so exciting from the first four episodes in your mind. Does it take away from the first four episodes? No, I don't believe it does. I think if I were to go back and watch the first four episodes, I'd still have the exact same feeling I had when watching them, regardless of this episode. Because I am able to say, look at those episodes more on an individual basis, regardless of the fact that, yes, they are part of a bigger plot. I do think that in this particular case... Those episodes probably work better as individual episodes. Having the Centaurans back in time uh, trying to fight a war that they weren't supposed to be part of, that was interesting. The Weeping Angel story, that was really interesting. Did it really have anything to do with what we just watched? No. 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 So that's why I'm able to disassociate those really amazing episodes with this... Do I think it deserves a three? Probably not that bad. I will give this episode a five out of ten. 
it's it's a solid in the middle because there were some things that were explained. There were some things that were hinted at. But here's the thing is that if I am not mistaken, we do have three more stories to tell. And my guess is that if Chris Chibnall is going to be like a Stephen Moffat and a Russell T. Davies from before, he's probably going to wrap things up even more so in the next three episodes. So okay. remain I in flux. Disagree. I believe that it will remain in flux. Oh, okay. I, I've, got an, I've got an idea. That I don't, I'm not saying that that's going to happen. I'm just saying that uh, there is a very strong possibility that not everything has concluded. Yeah. I wouldn't really disagree with much of anything that you actually said there. You know, I just felt like as a noted finale, and I am bringing a lot of expectations for this finale, it just falls short. Not that yep. it doesn't wrap things up, but near, but you know, it's it, inadequate and yes. it's unsatisfying. I would say the greatest feeling I have for this episode is disappointment because there's just not enough. Not enough satisfactory. <laughs> there's not enough satisfaction. I should no. say. I would. I would also I can't get no satisfaction. I would have to say that I will give this season a six out of ten based on my all my numbers that I've given previously. Um, that does feel a little high given the ending. I agree, but I don't want to give. I, I want to give credit where it's due. There are some extremely wonderful plot lines and some very satisfying endings for me at least especially the vinder bell kind of storyline i kind of like just having that random couple and granted the doctor is thinks everybody in the universe is very important to have two people that really don't have a huge impact on the entire universe but but have an impact on the story that come together and end up being a family at the end I kind of find that kind of cool. And it's, that, the, it's the reason the Doctor got the passenger. Exactly. Yeah, and then we learn in the New Year's episode that they are the Doctor's parents. Call it. <laughs> that would be that would be interesting. I don't think it's necessary, but okay. No, I, me neither. I, Let's hope not. That's my Christmas wish. <laughs> and she's pregnant with the Doctor. So, I mean, I, I see where you all are coming from. I do get the idea that this this does have some very unsatisfactory... Um, issues, but I, I stand by my thoughts is that there are just as well as there are some very negative things, there are some very positive things and I don't want to completely lose sight of those, especially if they do lead somewhere else in the last three episodes. I doubt it. I, I'm, I'm not hopeful because, <laughs> because of our past experiences. I've given up hope again. But I can't believe I had hope to begin with. I know. But there is a plan that Chris has had all along, so it's possible I that I'm not sure to that me that's this, true. this episode revealed that there, there is, is no not plan, a great just plan. Chaos. If there was, this would be an important milestone, and it was not. Yeah, no, I, I agree that this was not a big milestone, especially since the universe seems to be left completely empty. That's the thing, is that it also, yeah. like, ruins it all moving forward. <laughs> Let's just get rid of Gallifrey after having it been gone and taken back. Let's just get rid of, you know, most of the universe. Yeah, Why no. not? <laughs> yeah, no more Daleks, no more Cybermen, no more Centaurus. Let's introduce Start all of these radical concepts that completely recontextualize everything and then not resolve time. them in any way. Oh, they're back we again. Did, we just did it for the heck of it. It was not part of a plan. It was not because we had a grand reveal. It was just because we felt like being disruptive. 
Now, here's a question that is completely unrelated to this season. What if Yaz stayed on as a companion to the 14th Doctor? That's what we I'd want. Be, I'd be down. But yeah. knowing them, they're going to be like, no, screw you. And that's not going to happen. I, I feel like Yaz had such an underrated She's the only good part line. of the new Who um, or the 13th Doctor's era. Well, she she started off with being kind of sidelined very, yeah, well, very often. Graham was good in the first season. Yeah, it was like Graham in the solo tracks. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, where was that solo tracks? Again. Yeah. Why would it not get involved? Uh, I guess it was. I mean, you were at the edge of the universe. Like, I thought we were neighbors with the solar tracks, but. Also, they were. It's on the, the other side. <laughs> they were like in the middle of like two universes, and they were talking about how like the doctor could have been from like the other universe. Like, couldn't she have, like, theoretically, since they were trying to pass on to the new universe? I mean, personally, I'd be curious to see where I came from and like, was like, do, 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 let me just try to hit up that other universe right quick, but like, nah. But she was also. But like, I think then it would be difficult to come back. Yeah, but what if she was like, right. yeah, yeah. But it's like, oh, family. Where am I from? One thing we never Please. mentioned was this kind of re- relatively cute ood that actually helped the oh, doctor yeah, out. Oh, yeah, the ood was real sweet. Ood was yeah. always cute and sweet, except when. Everybody they're loves an ood. <laughs> I mean, he definitely sided with the doctor, especially after it touched. Uh, what her. What I Tech him uh passed on. So, for sure. as, as far as we know, she passed on. That here's the thing: is that the universe. Here's the thing, though, is that we don't know. If Lots Swarm, of people did. Here's another part of things that I'm a little wondering about: is that Swarm actually kind of had everything disintegrate around them? I'm wondering if that's kind of the same idea as what the Flux can do. Can it re- just reconstitute everything back the way it was before? I mean, they seem to think they were ascending. I mean, who knows? What that means, nihilists that they are, but maybe they were being like absorbed Trans- into. I felt they talked about it as, as antimatter, you know. Yeah, flux is being antimatter. Well, yeah, I know, but what? But we don't know what swarm is doing to the people to to absorb them or to transport them or to whatever yeah, they're doing to them. So that could yeah. that could also be um, a factor in all this. Maybe. I I don't. I don't think that there's an explanation. I don't think that they thought. Well, there is no explanation. I will be as holding my breath to learn more. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's coming. Any rate, you've heard our rel- relatively low <laughs> <laughs> negative negative ratings. Negative, negative commentary here. Um, tell us what you think. You can, of course, uh, t- uh, send us a message on Facebook. Yeah, or, or email us at thewhointerview at gmail.com. Yeah, and thanks for listening to us whine. You know, if, if you uh, catch us on other weeks, we're normally very positive people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next week, I think we might just be there. Yeah. All right. Well, talk to you guys then. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.